0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Windy City Grid. Island radio with you, as always, your host, Robert Zaglinski. And today, in the next of our Bears 2018 opponent season previews, we're going to get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Mr. Uh, eating W's Jameis Winston, of course, will be okay. the center of this conversation uh, to, with me to help break down what's going on with the Buccaneers in the off season. And then eventually discuss Tampa Bay and Chicago's matchup um, in week four of in, in, in week four uh, in the upcoming, in, in the fall is a writer for SB nation's Bucks nation uh, Alex Salvareza. I said that right? Correct.
2: Yes, yes, you did. Uh, happy to be on. This should uh, be be a good time.
1: Should be a good time indeed. Um, I I I told you in the pre-show that we would discuss a lot of Jameis. I hope that isn't uh, too much of an issue.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I definitely uh, I have my criticisms of Jameis, and I have my um, I have my love for Jameis. So I think it'll be it'll be a good balance of um, of both.
1: We'll test that for sure. Uh, But before we get to that, an overarching point, Alex, uh, huge step back. I think a lot of people painted the Buccaneers as a playoff contender, as as a team that was finally coming into its own in 2017. And for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And the Buccaneers really, really struggled. Uh, The defense had, I believe, the worst pass rush in terms of sacks in the NFL. Uh, Jameis Winston didn't really progress um, the way, I guess, Tampa Bay envisioned. and it, This is off a statistical line and in general. Um, in your mind, in a nutshell, what happened last year?
2: I think it was a combination of many things. Um, I think, like you said, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily label it as a huge step back from Jameis, for Jameis. Um, he did hurt his shoulder uh, in the team's second game. Um, which obviously because of the hurricane, they got canceled week one. So he did hurt hurt it in week three. He was never really fully healthy again until I believe it was week 13. And down the stretch, he played some pretty good football. Um, You know, even with the hurt shoulder, he still put up 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Um, Obviously not the best season, but not the worst. But I think people – look at it as a regression because of the record that was in 2016 and the record that was in 2017. Obviously in 2016, they were a bit of a surprise team. Uh, they went nine and seven. They went on a nice winning streak, just missed the playoffs. And then this past season uh, they dropped down to five and 11. And it seems like, seemed like at the time, everything was going wrong. Um, but there is still definitely, like you said, issues with Jameis Winston on He still does, you know, I think he's always going to be that quarterback that's a a turnover-prone, interception-prone quarterback. He's got that gunslinger mentality that many uh, quarterbacks have. I often compare him to Brett Favre in that sense. Um, But I think the thing that bothers fans the most with Jameis is the fumbles. Um, He lost a lot of fumbles last year, and to compile that with the interceptions, well, now you're looking at a a, a real problem. And I think that that's definitely something that needs to be fixed uh, heading into this season.
1: I find that interesting that you compare him to Brett Farr. Um, you do you think he has a comparable ceiling? Because I mean, at his best, Farr was an MVP for three straight years in a row in the nineties. Um, yeah, no,
2: I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying that Jameis will ever. You know, maybe he will be. I don't think. I don't think we know yet. Mm. many people right now probably don't don't expect him to be an MVP I, I if I had to say I probably wouldn't expect an MVP type season so I'm not comparing him to in that sense but I think when you look at it Brett Favre also threw a lot of interceptions in his right. career and I think that that's the type of thing that I'm I'm comparing I think that no matter what even in even in Jameis's best season that he'll have in the NFL I still think in a full season he'll probably throw over 14 interceptions you know, that's just the type of quarterback he was. He's He was like that in college, and it's translated to the NFL. So, you know, I mean, I think that that's always going to stick with him. But there's other, other areas he can obviously improve on.
1: A non-football discussion on Winston, but it might affect um, – I, I think you know what I'm about to allude to, uh, but it might affect his status at least early on in 2018. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, back in November – Jameis had an uh, incident with an Uber driver where uh, he was accused of groping the Uber driver. Um, the NFL is reportedly still investing in allegations, and as I peruse uh, General Buck's news, um, it's still, his status is still up in the air as to what kind of suspension he still might get. Uh, my question for you, Alex, is um, from a... Football standpoint, how many games without Winston can Tampa Bay withstand? Depending on the sentence, so I'll, I will start with that, um, and then second, uh, just this is a guy that obviously has a history of these kinds of um, ki- kinds of incidents. I mean, we, we can't shy away from that. Is there still concern within the Buccaneers community, within writers, within fans about him growing up? Um, and actually taking control of the franchise. So let's start with the let's start with the actual um, withstanding his loss.
2: Well, I think when you when you look at the when you look at Tampa Bay's beginning of of their season, um, they probably have the toughest three game stretch, um, not only to open the season, but a, the toughest three game stretch out of any team that out of any team in the NFL that they will face all season. Um, they open up in New Orleans, and then they come home and they play. Uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Um, so those are those, that's the team's first three games. Um, so to not have Winston in, in, in all three of those would be absolutely detrimental to that team. And it, and it could start out as an 0 three season. And before you know it, it's not even the end of September and you you know, you're looking at an uphill climb. So to answer that question directly, I think the team can maybe withstand two games, but definitely not any more than that. Um, what I've been hearing around, um, around the team's writers and stuff is some stuff came out last week that they're, that they're anticipating um, a one game suspension. And the reason that they're anticipating a one game suspension is because there's simply just not enough background information on this. There's simply just not enough, you know, not enough to, to, to put a case together and truly go and suspend him for six games. Um, You know, there's, there's been, like I said, talks of a one game suspension, um, and I think you know they open up in New Orleans. will they win that game with Winston I don't know they haven't won New- they haven't won in New Orleans in like four or five years um they seem to never win in that place so you know that's 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 a tough game out of the bat so if, if they I think if if bucks fans if you were to look at it um and I and if you were to tell me well Winston's gonna be suspended for one game he's gonna miss the one in New Orleans, I think that I'd be okay with that knowing that that's a tough game either way um, and your second question. Yeah, the maturity, um,
1: that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm not as in tune with the media and seeing how Winston is every day. But, I, like I said, he's had a lot of – he's had a lot of incidents, especially since – in college and, and, you know, he's um, hes still coming into his own. It's going to be his fourth season. Is there concern about him, gr- like, actually growing up and becoming the, the leader that
2: a quarterback is expected to be? Like, j- just as a refresher. I, I think that I think that there's there's definitely a little bit of concern. Um, you don't want these incidents to continue to pop up. Um, you know, we saw that incident on the field last year with uh, you know when they were in New Orleans and you know he he poked Marshawn Lattimore and it, it caused Mike Evans to you know come like a bulldozer truck and bulldoze him over. Um, you know, but I, I definitely think that there's some some maturity concerns. Um, you know, he is he is only believe 23 might be 24. I, I don't know why I can't remember that right now. So he is still a young kid, but you know, I, I mean, he does a lot of things in the community and the media doesn't seem to cover many of it, many of the, uh, of the things he does, you know, so he is very positive in the community down, down there. And, um, you know, I, I think that obviously, you know, you're going to hear the negative stories. You're not always going to hear the positive stories, but I do think that, you know, especially among some fans, some fans don't have concerns. Other fans do have concerns, So I guess we'll have to, we'll have to see, but, you know, from my perspective um, I don't have a concern. I think that, um, you know, I don't know what to say about that incident. Like I said, there really hasn't been any information since, you know, that came out. I know Ronald Darby uh, came in his defense and said that he was sitting in the, in the back seat instead of the passenger seat. So, you know, who knows it's, it's his word against her word, you know, back and forth like that. Um, But personally I don't have any concerns, but, you know to directly answer your question there are fans and there is media down there that do have concerns about it
1: uh to top off this winston discussion so he's going to be entering his fourth season um i do believe his fifth year option was picked up
2: correct yes it was picked up i think i believe it's uh 20.1 million so
1: okay. so with that soon there will be extension talks yep um would you? I, I'm assuming you would give into him. You would give one to him. Um, but is what, what's what's the risk involved here? And, um, and especially given how the quarterbacks, how like I mean, you don't have to be the best quarterback. Is what I'm saying here. You don't have to be the best quarterback to be the highest paid. Um, oh yeah, I mean so, we see that every offseason. So Winston, more than likely, what he gets his extension, is going to be the highest paid. Are you comfortable with that? Whenever this happens,
2: right now, if he was to be the highest, if they were to sign him to an extension right now and make him the highest paid quarterback, no, I would not be comfortable with that. Um, I think that he's probably going to get you know money around what Jimmy G got. You know, will he will he pass that Matt Ryan at thirty million a year? I don't know, you know that's that's a that's a decision that ownership and and they're gonna have to make in terms of what to what to offer him. But I think you look at it; he's he's had a successful season in 2016. Uh, his rookie season was, you know, for a rookie and the team that they had at that point, he had a very good season. He, like you said, he took a little step back last year. This is a big year for him. Um, this is his fourth year um you know he was at mini camp yesterday and you know he kind of said it best he said it's we got to go out and win football games it's time to go win football games and it's time you know that we go do what we have to do and i think that the nat- you know the national media perspective on Jameis winston um in terms of him in terms of him deserving that type of contract won't change unless he starts winning games um but right now no i would not be i would not be comfortable making him the highest paid quarterback in the nfl I actually wrote an article about it a few weeks ago um, predicting what he might get in his first contract because obviously he's going to be up for another big one. You know, he'll be up for two in his career. And I said that he would get a contract around what Derek Carr got. Um, And I think when Derek Carr signed his, he maybe got 23 or $24 million a year. I think it's a lot for Winston. I think it's a lot for Winston to ask for, for, for $30 million a year for a few reasons. One, he hasn't, really want anything yet. Two, like we talked about, still some off-the-field concerns. And three, many of the quarterbacks who are highest paid in the league have went to a Super Bowl. He hasn't even made the playoffs yet. So, you know, it's tough. But then at the same side of it, you look at Jimmy G. He has seven career starts, and he's making, what is it, $24, $25 million a year, you know? So it's a tough decision. What if I – what if I painted
1: to you? Because you, you you mentioned the Garoppolo deal. Most of a Garoppolo's money is paid up front, so he's going to get most of his money within the first two, three, two or three seasons of the contract structure. Is that something you'd be more comfortable with? If say Jameis got that this August or this September, like would that be fine for you? Like, so he would get all the money up front, but then if he ended up not panning out, perhaps in that in that scenario, they could. Scenario, eventually cut ties with them after 2018 or after 2019, but since he's already had, since all the guaranteed money was already paid out, was that something more palatable for you?
2: I mean, yeah, I think, I think in, in terms of that, that would be, that would be an option, but, but I don't, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think that they're going to give him an extension until at least next summer.
1: Mm, okay. Um,
2: I think, I think the extension will probably come after this season. Uh, I believe there was a report out yesterday. Um I believe it was, uh I, uh, Ira Kaufman, he reported that um, the Glazers are, uh, in in parentheses, I believe the word was, expected to cut Winston a massive paycheck. Um, So so it's funny that you brought that up. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I think ownership is all in on him. Um, Like I've mentioned to you several times already, there are certain fans down here that aren't all in on him. Um, And I think that the upfront, the upfront thing. I don't think that Winston would necessarily go for that. Um, I think the Jimmy G situation is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so I, I, th- I don't think Winston would necessarily go for that. But I think when you look at it, because Kirk Cousins, he signed, he signed a three-year deal, fully guaranteed. Yeah. So could we look at something yeah. like that with Winston, like a two-three-year deal, but at the same time? I think he would want more of that long, long-term contract, especially this early on his career. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I, and, and on that point, to where um, you you mentioned that, that that fans aren't sold on Winston. I mean, I think that's a common theme for literally every city in the NFL. Well, I mean, even I mean, you could even be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and there would still be haters. Yeah, you know, there'll still be people clamoring. At, 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 at like the most accomplished quarterbacks, because they threw a pick one time, or um, mm-hmm. that's not exactly an uncommon thing. You're not alone in your struggle, Alex.
2: Yeah, no, I, I know, I know. I mean, I've, I've I've been a Bucks fan for a long time, and it's been a while since we've made the playoffs. And and I, you know, I think that that's that's a huge part of it um, down here. Is I think that you know we're 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 just I think we just want to see a playoff game. You know what I mean? I think we want to see a game in Week 17 you know, that matters that if we win, we're in, you know, something like that. I think that that's what this fan base is is truly, is truly striving for because back in the days where it was, you know, where it was the Gruden days and, and that stadium was, was sold out every week and, you know, the place was loud. Now, I mean, you know, their home opener against Philly, it'll probably be a home game for the Eagles to be quite honest with you. You know, I mean, Philly fans travel well and, you know, I I think that that's just the that's just the narrative down here. Is they they want to get behind the team, but they haven't we ha- they haven't really given us a reason to fully get behind the team. You know what I mean? Or at least the majority of the fans. I'm all in, but I'm all in every year.
1: <laughs> I respect that. Um, let's move to Deshaun Jackson. So he had he was another person that had high expectations going into last year um especially next to mike evans one of the one of the better more elite playmakers in football jackson was seen by a lot as the perfect complement to the overall complete skill set that evans offers uh but you know 50 receptions 668 yards three scores that's not for a 31 year old receiver that's not like this, maybe that's to be expected that he may, might be on the, the the downhill slope, but that's not what the Buccaneers were expecting. They they, they thought they I I'd imagine they thought that there they, they was probably a little more left in the tank or that it wouldn't start now. Um, so my question to you is, would you still look for a move to potentially trade Jackson? Um, would you perhaps try to phase him out of the offense? um would you put try to implement him more and get him more involved and try to unlock whatever he has left um what's your move here with him because this was a high profile free agent move last year and it didn't work out well Alex
2: yeah well with the Sean Jackson there was there was a few elements last season um you know obviously I I suspect that you know you probably didn't watch a lot of Buccaneers games yeah Um, you know but the the coaching the coaching staff didn't put Jackson in the greatest position to succeed. Um, and when they did put him in a position to succeed, which obviously he has been, you know, one of the best deep threats in the NFL the past few years. And he still Absolutely. is. Absolutely. He still is. He still is. When He was open a lot last year on deep balls. And deep balls is one of the things um, that Winston struggled at last season. Um, he missed Jackson Maybe five or six times on deep balls, and it wasn't like they, You know, they just they they it, they didn't miss by a bunch. They missed by a little bit, but the chemistry between the two wasn't fully there. It just wasn't fully developed yet. Um, and I know that both of them, Winston and Jackson, have been working hard this offseason to to try and fix that. Um, I do not think that the Buccaneers will move on from him. Um, I know that there's been in the last week there's been should the Bucks look to trade Jackson, should they look to do this. I don't know what you could get for him. I mean, what you know, what what's a realistic thing that you can get for him? Maybe a fifth round pick, sixth round pick. I don't know. I'd rather have the Sean Jackson this year than a, you know than a fifth round pick next year.
1: Yeah, um, fifth, fifth or sixth rounders. They, I mean, that's they're such a crapshoot. The whole draft is a crapshoot. But
2: yeah, um, but this year uh, there, with the emergence of uh, their second uh, year receiver Chris Godwin. Um, they are moving Deshaun Jackson into the slot, which I think um, a lot of fans uh, have been have been clamoring for, uh, you know, since the end of last season. And I think the coaching staff is making the right decision by that. Deshaun Jackson, like we said, is still one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, you look at the type of routes that the Eagles run; they a lot of they run a lot of those slot wheel routes. You know, little pick plays where they get their guys open. I don't know if there's a guy in the league that can maybe run a wheel route as good as the Sean Jackson can. Um, You know, I know through the first two days of, of mini camp, which, you know, you don't read too much into it, but I know that they've been very successful with that play. I know that they've been very successful with Jackson, just running simple drag routes across the middle, you know, because just simply because of his speed, there's not many guys that can keep up with him like that. So I think that the Buccaneers will definitely give him another shot this year. They'll have a different game plan for him. Um, but yeah, last season was definitely a down year, um, without a doubt. But you know, we'll 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 see what this year holds. But they definitely do have a different game plan for uh, for Jackson um, coming up. He'll no longer be on the outside; he'll be on the inside, and I think that'll open up a lot more opportunities for him.
1: We're gonna get to defense once free agency and acquisitions come up. But one more offensive uh, point. <clears throat> It was interesting to me, and, and I suspect this is similar to what the Bears did with Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Alex, but it was interesting to me um, the extension that the Tampa Bay paid out to Cameron Brait when they already have a first, ra- they have a first rounder, a very promising first rounder, Noj OJ Howard. Um, what is the plan and deployment there? Is, is the offense with Dirk Cutter and Winston going to have a lot of double tight sets where you want a long-term commitment for these two guys to be together for a while in Howard and Brait.
2: yeah I, I think that I think you just you just hit the nail on the head um, the Buccaneers they run a majority of their offensive sets out of two tight end personnel um, and I think that that's ultimately why they signed Cameron Brait um, you know he was an undrafted guy out of Harvard you know I, I don't know if you know the story or not but he pretty much you know, he was cut by the Bucks three or four separate separate times, um, and he's he's during the last few years here, he's probably become especially inside the red zone, Jameis Winston's favorite target, um, and it's honestly not even up for debate. You mm-hmm. you look you look at you look at Evans inside the red zone, you say, oh, he's six five, you know, just throw it up to him. Jameis finds Brait every time down the seam, um, you know. So I think those those two tight end sets, what they can do with those guys. You know, I mean, it's it's hard. You look at the Bucks offense and it's it's hard to cover everyone. Um and I think that, you know, the more more weapons the better. Um but yeah, I mean I think some some fans were surprised by the extension, but but mostly down here the feeling was that they were going to lock Cameron Braid up because they know how important he is, especially, you know, once the team gets into the red zone. But but, but just, just to add on that, they have they have extremely high hopes for O.J. Howard. Um, As they, they, they Yeah, they have extremely high hopes for him, um, you know, and I think that both of those now for the next, you know, definitely for the next four years um, because of the contracts, how they tie in, but, you know, past that, I think that those two will be together for a long, long time. Alex, the
1: NFC South, it's, I mean – we're not going to uh, mince words here. It's probably – it's one of the most difficult divisions in the NFL. It might be the most difficult. Uh, the Saints are coming up a year where, if not for blown coverage, they might have been in the NFC Championship game, maybe even farther. Uh, the Panthers coming up an 11-win season. Still have Cam Newton, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And the Falcons as well. I mean, all three teams ahead of the Buccaneers all made the postseason and all could be reasonably be seen as – quality NFC contenders moving forward. I mean, it depends. Things change in the NFL all the time, quickly at a time, but we're just going off the most recent results. Um, With 2018 being such a big year for the Bucs, what do you think needs to happen for this team to compete, especially with that division, especially with six games that are going to be really difficult to to get through uh, for this organization?
2: Yeah, I mean – you said it, you said it they play in the toughest division in the NFC, uh, definitely in the NFC and probably in the whole entire league. yeah, um, you know, I mean, all three teams, like you said, made the playoffs last year. But for this season, um, a lot of things have to change. Um, you know, after you go five and eleven after you had such high expectations, um, you know, the coaching has to be better. Uh, you know, the players have to be better. Everything really has to be better in order for that, in order for them to to be able to compete um, with those with those teams on a on, a, on a, a weekly basis, but also you know throughout the whole year. And like you said, those are six games against six playoff teams. Add in you know the Eagles and 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 the Steelers, and I I believe they play um, the Cowboys and and the Giants. You know those teams are no no joke either. You know so it's it's not going to be easy. Um, this season to turn things around. And, and this is a year where the the coaching staff is, you know, the whole, the whole staff is their jobs are probably on the line. Um, but I, they got to get back to running the football. They have to establish a run game. Their offensive line heading into this year is better um, than it was last year. Obviously we'll talk about the defense in a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, they just got to get back to the basics get back to the basics, get back to communicating better on the field. Um, you know, they've even said their communication last year on the field was very poor. Um, so I, I, it's going to take a team effort. It's not going to be one individual player. You know, it's not going to be Winston turns it around and the team goes 12 and 4. You know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a collective effort. It's, you know, it, it's got to start with, obviously it's got to start with Winston and Cutter, but it's also got to trickle down to the whole entire roster in order for them to turn around and, and, and try and compete. You know, and if it's not competing for the division, maybe you're competing for the last wild card spot or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's a tough gauntlet indeed, but not insurmountable. If they do, I mean, what you just said is it's I mean, it's it's cliche stuff, but that's what every football team needs to do, especially a team like the Buccaneers that um, is still, I guess, kind of learning how to win and learning yeah. how to compete. You know? so. Exactly,
2: and I think I think when you when you look at the team, when you look at the Bucs roster from top to bottom they have talent talent's not the question it's how can the talent come together and how can the coaching staff get this maximize the talent that they have you know what i mean i mean they have talent at nearly every position um you know and i know many people out you know outside of tampa will look at someone and be like well he's not a great right guard well that's because they don't really know him because they don't really watch him but the talent, like I said, isn't the issue. Obviously, every team's going to have holes at, you know, on their roster at some point. You can't fill everything. But overall, from a talent standpoint, heading into this season, I'm very confident. I'm just not that confident in the coaching staff to be able to turn it around.
1: Sombre note. Uh, free agency, and this is going to be um, because I mean the Buccaneers had a pretty good defensive overhaul here in free agency. Yeah, the the whole the whole defense. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the whole front line was essentially overhauled. You got Jason Pierre-Paul in a trade. You had Vinnie Curry as defensive depth. You got Mitch Unrine as defensive line depth. Um, really getting Gerald McCoy, one of the premier interior defensive linemen in the NFL, some pass rush help. So he can't be double and triple teamed every, every play, and then the Buccaneers' pass rush disappears completely, which, as I noted at the top of the show – uh, the Bucs had the least amount of sacks in the league by far last year. <laughs> um, I mean, th- that's just the, that's just the truth of it. So this was a really big deal for them to get the depth and to get the quality starter like Pierre Paul. Um, Alex, talk to me about the impact of like of, of, of doing this and of and of of, of, of uh, getting, I guess, completing complimentary football, doing all that. Um, it was an active free agency period, and we're, we're counting trades in it.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I think that I think when you when at the end of the season when you when you looked at when you looked at their roster obviously like you said 22 sacks uh, I think 6 of them came in one game. So minus, you know, 22 minus 6 is you know, 16. So that's 16 sacks over 15 games. That 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 can't happen. So when you look at it obviously you had to def- you had to address the defensive line. You also had to address the secondary. And the O-line wasn't great, and neither was and neither was running backs. But getting back to the defensive line specifically, the thing that I like the most about what they did in overhauling the defensive line, every single player they added outside of Vita Vea, who they drafted in their first round with the 11th overall pick. Uh, no, the – yeah, 11th over, 12th overall pick. They – every player they added has played in the Super Bowl. And that, to me, is the biggest thing because down on the trenches – you need guys that have experience. You need guys that know how to win these big football games. You have guys that just came off of winning a championship in Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen, who they just added. Like you said, Mitch Unrine played for uh, the Broncos, I believe, when they went to the Super Bowl. Jason Pierre-Paul won a Super Bowl with the Giants. So they added experience. They added, they added guys who can do a lot of things. Um, they added tough football players, and that's pretty much been the – been the motto all off season long for Jason Light was, was to get, was to just be a tougher football team. Too many points at last season. They were just a weak football team. Um, you know, they're not very physical at the point of attack. And I think that that's definitely something that, that they wanted to address and, and that's what they did. And I'm very, very excited to, to, to see Pierre Paul and, and Curry and Vita Vea and all those guys, um line up next to next to McCoy. Um I'm glad that McCoy's finally gonna have some help. Uh he really hasn't had help since he's been here. Um and he's still put up great numbers and he's made the Pro Bowl six times. So I think that this move will ultimately make make the team a lot better. And I do not anticipate them uh getting twenty two sacks again. And if they do, well I guess it's just officially a curse down in Tampa. <laughs>
1: Alex give me uh <coughs> A statistical baseline. I imagine the pass, the pass rush is the biggest aspect of what happened at Regents that we've said. Um, give me a defensive ranking that you would be happy with with this improved pass rush from 1 to 32. In terms of, in terms of sacks? No, 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 no! Like an overall defensive ranking. Oh, overall was,
2: defensive ranking. Well, I believe, I believe they were thirty second last year. Oh, they were actually thirty
1: second. okay. So what's what's an improvement that you would be uh, happy with at, over last place in 20, in two thousand eighteen with this improved pass rush?
2: Um, I would be, I would be happy with, um, hmm, I would probably be happy with anywhere from ten to fifteen. Um, 10-15,
1: that's that's lofty, almost in the top half.
2: Okay. Yeah, and and the reason I say that is is not just because of the free agent acquisitions, but it's also because their first three draft picks were all defense as well. Um, Like I mentioned, Vita Veya, then they drafted two corners. Um, They also also took a safety in the fourth round. So, you know, the the defensive overhaul wasn't just the – wasn't just the line it was you know pretty much the whole entire team the whole entire defense outside of the linebackers pretty much got overhauled
1: that's a nice segue um that's a nice segue into the draft actually um you've mentioned um, vea mentioned the corners mj stewart carlton davis uh ronald jones in the second round Alex Kappa, a developmental tackle, potential starter, long-term starter in the third round. Um, flyer, actually, I really love this pick in the sixth round. Jack Sih-
2: Yeah, the the uh, yeah, the linebacker. I think that I think that that's actually a you know, like you said, it's a it's a it's a low risk, high reward type of pick for that team because that kid, if it wasn't for his you know knee injuries like people have said probably would have been you know high third round pick possibly low second round pick so i think that that's that's a great depth signing and if he can stay healthy i think that'll prove a lot of dividends but go on to uh, i know you wanted to segue into into the next part
1: oh no i was i was just going to say um, who excites you the most from the class so we you've discussed Veya a lot um, who excites you the most from the draft class so you just we've discussed Veya, we've discussed the linebacker c Out of everybody else, who's going to have the most impact in 2018, and who excites you the most?
2: I think the person who will have the most impact in 2018 is uh, is Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis, yeah, I believe that what he brings. He is also that you know that physical type corner that get in your face. He's going to play press coverage. He's going to bump and run you the whole way. Um, So I think that you know their secondary. Was also horrible last season. It was just a bad combination. No pass rush, no cover corners. It's hard to win football games that way. Um, you know, he's that man to man guy. Um, I think that he's going to give those pass rushers, you know, just a second more to get home. Um, now he plays opposite of Brent Grimes. They're going to move Vernon Hargraves into the slot, which I think he's better suited at. Um, and MJ Stewart's kind of be going to be this bring along guy, depth guy. You know, he'll. You know he'll step in, he'll fill in. Um, but yeah, I think Carlton Davis will have the best impact in 2018. But for the future, for long term, I think Vita Vea is going to be the best player out of this draft class for that team.
1: Yeah, a lot of a guy that's people occasionally mocked into the top 10, and um, he almost actually made it into there. So not a, not a shock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not 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 a total shock that you'd say that.
2: Yeah. No, I I, I love Vita Vea. I think that you know. A lot of Bucks fans, when I tell you a lot, I probably mean about ninety percent of them <laughs> were uh, were extremely disappointed that the team did not select Derwin James. Um, you know him being a Florida State guy, you know, and all that stuff. I think that they were extremely disappointed. I'm one that looks at it and says, "Put him next to McCoy, Pierre, Paul, Curry. You got something there." And I think that you know those four are really going to come together and really going to you know, improve this football team.
1: We finally come to Bears and Buccaneers, Alex. And did you know that this is the fifth straight season where the two will meet?
2: Yeah, that's what happens when uh, when we constantly finish last in the division. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, I wasn't going to say that. You didn't have to say that. That's not – yeah, that's true. That's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the fifth straight season, the Bears and Buccaneers are going to meet. Um, in and I'm looking at the history now. The Buccaneers have won the last two in blowout fashion. Uh, the Bears actually won the believe the, the, the two previous. Uh, but this time around, the Bucs visit Chicago. Uh, Alex, so we're gonna. What is we're gonna just to focus on this from two points. What is one area the Bears, in your mind, should be concerned
2: about with the Buccaneers?
1: An area where the Bucks can exploit the Bears in, in this matchup?
2: Well, I I think that they can exploit them, you know, with with the weapons that they have on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not that's not a knock against the Bears. I think that the Buccaneers can exploit many teams. Um, uh, with their offensive weapons um I think when you look at it you got Evans I know you guys re-signed uh Fuller but is he really is he really tall enough to match up against Evans you know I don't know yeah exactly Evans has had decent success against Chicago um the last few years but you know you just like I said you look down you got Evans Jackson Godwin Humphreys Ronald Jones now great Howard. I mean, it's tough. It's tough for any team to match up against. And I think that when the Buccaneers win football games, all those guys are involved. All those guys get it going. Um, and I, it's early enough in the season this, this year, I believe, I believe the game's week five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it is it's week four. So it's week four. Okay. Yeah. So it's early enough in the season. So the weather, so the, weather. Yeah. By the, weather. the weather shouldn't be too much of a factor. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that they can exploit them uh, through, through the air. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's my uh, – um, we'll call it my uh, expert prediction, I guess. <laughs>
1: um, what is one area – so for all of the improvements the Bucks have made and for all the talent they have at each position, what is one area that still concerns you where the Bears can specifically attack and perhaps find a weakness to win the game?
2: Well, I I think as much as I said I'm confident in Carlton Davis will have the biggest impact, I think you also have to look at it at the other side. He's still going to be a rookie. Right. you got Brent Grimes, who's probably playing his last season in the NFL. He signed a one-year deal. I think he's 35. Um, You know, you got Vernon Hargraves, who he was their 11th overall pick back in 2015. And people don't really talk about him being the draft bust because – Roberto Aguayo was selected in the second round and everyone turns to that pick and says, Oh, well he, he's off the team. That was the biggest draft draft bust ever. But Vernon Hargraves hasn't, hasn't formed into, into that guy that they hoped. And that's yet, obviously he's still young going into his third year. So the secondary still concerns me a little bit. Safeties, safeties are okay. Our safeties are all right. Nothing special. So I think, you know, that concerns me. And I think when you look at it, you guys, you guys added Alan Robinson, you know, Trey Burton, uh, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. So you guys, they, um, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. So you guys have weapons as well. Um, so I think I think we'll, we'll see a little bit of maybe a, maybe a different game than we've seen from the Bears in the past. Um, I think maybe they maybe they're looking to uh, open the playbook a bit more and have and have Trubisky go out there and, and throw to all his all his new toys.
1: Alex, are you saying we're going to see a game in the in the '40s for both Tampa Bay and Chicago? Like this is going to be the, the game of the year? Is that? I, I'm getting <laughs> that sense. I'm uh, getting are,
2: are are we uh, are we going to be the Seattle uh, Houston game last year? Yeah, or? that's what I'm saying. Are, are we about to see a shootout? I mean, it'd, be, it'd be a great game to watch. Um, but I, I don't know about I don't know about a shootout. I, I would I would maybe say you know in the, in the i '20s maybe.
1: Okay, yeah, that's less fun. That's a cop-out. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean it's that that's that's a normal football game, I guess.
1: Um, we'll close this episode out, Alex. Um, I mentioned it to you. So, um, with the Warriors winning their second straight championship and LeBron James um, pending free agency, uh, he's more he's very likely to leave Cleveland, giving uh, and find another supporting cast. Um, where do you think he's going to end up? What's your opinion on LeBron? Take this wherever you want. I personally, and, I, and I'll just leave this off unless you finish it. Um, I think he should go to San Antonio. I think he's going to end, end up in, Houston, in Philadelphia, but I think he should go to San Antonio. Have Greg Popovich as coach, play with Kawhi Leonard, and that'd be—I mean—that'd be pretty cool to see uh, the Spurs pop in LeBron. I mean, to me, that'd be—that's like basketball porn. But yeah, you know, I digress. Yeah. For you, what's your stance on all this?
2: Well, I think when you when you look at it, I think Popovich, LeBron, Kawhi, Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah, they have, they have those two young guys down there. I think LeBron's gonna have to take a hard look at that. And if Popovich can get in a room with LeBron, maybe he can convince him. Popovich is arguably one of the best, arguably the best head coach of all time. Um, you know, you can maybe make an argument. Um, Probably not. Uh, He's probably top three of all time. Um, Where I think LeBron will end up, either Philly or L.A., if I had to say right now, I'll probably lean towards Philly. I'll probably lean towards Philly because I think that he knows, LeBron deep down knows, the only chance for him to catch Michael Jordan is if he continues to make finals. And if he makes finals, well, not only make finals, he's got to win finals. If he goes to LA, he not only has to beat the Warriors, but he has to beat the Rockets. He has to possibly beat the Thunder if they get Paul George back. Maybe the Thunder have an improved year. He's got to beat the Spurs with a healthy Kawhi. That you know, the Jazz, the the Nuggets. I mean, the West is a that's a tough, tough conference. He stays in the East with with Philly really the only team he's got to worry about is Boston. Yeah. And we've seen over the years no matter where LeBron plays, he dominates Boston. When it matters the most, LeBron shows up against Boston and we saw that this year. Um, you know, th- uh thankfully we didn't see any of that magic in the finals. Uh, <laughs> as I, as I told you a little bit before, I, I I'm not I'm not really a, really a LeBron fan. Um I I respect his game and I think that He's unbelievable to watch, but I just I, you know I don't like I don't like his personality. I don't like a lot of the a lot of the things he says. A lot of you know just stuff like that, and I I can't stand the Jordan Lebron debate. I just I can't take it's it never, anymore. It never ends, and
1: I I'm not I don't even I say this as someone that lives in Chicago. Yeah, I, I don't even and I'm and I'm too young to annoyed by it because like oh man why how dare they think LeBron would be better than Jordan it's just like people don't shut up about it Alex that's what it is never stops
2: yeah I'm too young to watch Jordan as well um but you know when I the thing that I turn to with the with the Jordan LeBron debate is the very simple thing that Jordan was 6-0 and in the finals and he never needed a game seven um you know, and and then you look at LeBron's case. Now he's three and six. Um, he's been saved by Ray Allen and Kyrie Irving a few times. Um, you know, obviously, he he's a great basketball player, like I said before. But I just think that until he at least wins one or two more rings, I don't even think it's a question. I mean, LeBron James, the biggest blemish in his career and something that he'll never live down. And I don't think anyone, any LeBron hater. Will live down is that he got outplayed by Jason Terry, <laughs> I mean that was the biggest blemish in his career, and I don't think that's something he'll ever get over. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. Not something he'll ever get over. Not something that Jordan-LeBron debate, um, the Jordan side will ever let LeBron down, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the, it, it does. Let's let's not start this. Let's not start this. Oh off. yeah, no, I'm, I'm not even you. debating against you. I, I I generally agree with you. I've just yeah, no, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. The past two months. <laughs>
2: oh yeah no i i I can't take it my my one friend is an absolute leBron lover and i i just, I, I can't take it but it, it it's it's always good to have the conversation it's it's a good sports topic
1: yeah it, it's one of those that that'll probably really never stop people, yeah, no. people love to debate the goat in each sport um, yeah. unless, unless absolutely unquestionable but all right,
2: here's here's a quick random random question for you uh, okay. quarterback in the NFL right now you're one year. You need one year. Who are you taking? Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers. He does more. Absolutely. So you're taking Rodgers over Brady.
1: I think Rodgers does more. I think if you give Rodgers supporting the the, the Patriots supporting cast and coaching staff, he plays better as well. Um, yeah, I, respect, I mean, I definitely. I, think... I respect Tom Brady. I think he's arguably the greatest of all time, but. Um, this uh, football is a little bit different than basketball where Rodgers hasn't had the same team support. And I just think Rodgers is more individually talented than Brady. I think he's,
2: yeah, I would definitely agree on that individual, individual talent standpoint. I think Rodgers is probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Um, but if I had to take one season, um, I would probably lean towards Brady just because of, of what he's accomplished. Um, well, but you, that's another good debate. Hold on, hold on, because you start you you, you
1: started up. Here, here's the thing. You give Rodgers, Bill Belichick. You give um, Rodgers the some of the defenses that Brady's enjoyed. You mm-hmm. give him Rob Gronkowski. You give him Ram D Moss. You give him Wes Welker. You're telling me Rodgers wouldn't perform better. You're telling me Roger you wouldn't take Rodgers over that if they had the same exact roster. Are they well, the
2: same as that roster and coaching staff. Well, oh, well, that's a good point, but also you have to look at it. Gronkowski is he's missed a lot of time.
1: Well, I'm um, saying when I'm saying when he's healthy on the
2: field. okay. Really- yeah, I mean, obviously Gronkowski and Rodgers would be you know unbelievable together, but really the last few years, I don't think Brady has had the best supporting cast. Um, you know, they missed Edelman last year. He's going to be suspended again this year. I mean, Chris Hogan. I don't know. You know, I mean, at least Rodgers, he does have Cobb, and he has uh, who who? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy. Um, I know they had Nelson. I can't think of the other guy's name right now. Randall Cobb? No, I got Cobb. I got Nelson. Uh, who's the other one? Oh, uh, man. This is Devontae gonna bug Adams? Me. Yeah, Devontae Adams. Okay. I think Devontae Adams is a really, really underrated receiver in this league. So I think when you look at it, it it's a it's a good debate. Obviously, you put you put Belichick and Rogers together. <laughs> uh, I mean the dream the dream scenario in that case is is Rogers, Belichick, and like Gronkowski Adams and, and Nelson and they're all in their primes. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, put, that's put, put them in the AFC though. Not the NFC. Oh yeah, please. I can't stand the, uh, I can't stand the NFC. <laughs> oh, Oh, excuse me. Whoops. Oh, um,
1: yeah, we could have these conversations forever, Alex, but on that note, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you can you can follow Alex on Twitter at salvarez underscore Alex S A that's at S A L V A R E Z Z A underscore Alex. Uh, find his work at Box Nation, SB Nation's Box Nation does great work there. Um, and like I said, I I really appreciate you taking the time, buddy, to to break all this down and and to debate the goats with me.
2: Yeah, man, no 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 problem. I mean, I know. Uh... I don't know how you work it in the uh, in the um, regular season, but be happy to uh, you know the week of the Bucks Bears game if it you know I'd be happy to jump on and do a little bit of a preview or something like that depending on how the first four weeks go and everything. Or-
1: yeah, we'll definitely have more information. We won't. We won't. We'll have more football information as opposed to yeah,
2: occur. for sure. So I I definitely be uh be around in that. We'll stay in touch.
1: He is Alex Alvarez, as I mentioned at. Salvareza underscore Alex on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at WCU Gridiron and follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. Uh, we're going to keep this series going through the summer, uh, breaking it through, um, but it's still a, a lengthy way to go. Appreciate you guys listening in and, and staying with us. As always, stay blessed
0: point out the colors of you I see them too and boy I like them, I like them I like them we wait way too fly to partake in all this hate, we are here vibing
1: we vibing we vibing Alexa, play Ariana Grande
0: Okay I just want you to come with, me, with Amazon Music a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today